Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. is up unchurched podcast fans hey listen this is michael and i am flying solo for this midweek rant uh i guess we never really talked about it on the podcast um a desire like this but uh, essentially when sean was away for his anniversary he did a little short one by himself and uh, we thought about it, we talked about it, and uh, we figured, well, what the hell? Let's uh, take turns and do some midweek rants every now and then. Not sure we're going to do it every single week, but uh, it's my turn. I'm going to do one right now. So strap on in and uh, let's talk about some stuff here. It's the end of... Uh, Black History Month, and I just wanted to kind of end the month on a good note. Uh, since you know, there's been some issues this month uh, that have been affecting uh, black people in a very, very negative way, uh, and uh, I guess I want to touch on that too. Uh, one of the things with uh, what's his name, Jussie, uh, the guy from the uh, TV show. Uh, Empire. But anyway, I want to, first of all, just really have a positive note uh, when it comes down to uh, Black History Month. I grew up in in, a, in the city of Detroit, and when I was a kid in elementary school, we used to, every February, was a huge celebration in the school. Uh, there were no white kids in the school from what I can remember. But this is elementary school. This is the 80s, okay, for me. And I, I remember us doing like a, a Jeopardy type of presentation for teachers and for our parents or whatever the case may be. Um, what we would do is we had to memorize a huge list of black inventors and, uh, you know, and, and there was no like number that you had to remember. Um, uh, but obviously the more you remembered, uh, the better you played the game. And, uh, I remember just being so having so much fun, first of all, with all the kids, uh, just trying to remember who did what, who invented what and when, and, and what their names were and, what's cool about it and and are we still using the inventions today or or are we not and so it was very cool to to be able to jump up on stage and you know have your little fake buzzer it wasn't really a buzzer it was like yeah uh, one of those bells that you have that you ring you know those little silver bells that you ring uh, for the bellhop or whatever or for the person the manager to come out and take your luggage whatever at a uh, at a hotel was one of those ringers and you would hit that bell 
And uh, you obviously, just like Jeopardy, had to uh, put your answer in the form of a question. And it was a lot of fun. And that was in elementary, but in middle school, I don't remember ever uh, having any fun like that. Uh, in middle school, we, I, my, my sister and I, we ended up going to uh, this beautiful school in Detroit, Catherine C. Blackwell Institute of African American Studies and, uh, and Arts or something like that, Arts Institute. It was a brand new school uh, that was founded by Catherine C. Blackwell, a civil rights movement uh, leader uh, in the city. And uh, it was a very good school, and we learned a lot about our African his uh, heritage and uh, got a chance to learn French um, because a lot of people don't realize uh, with the uh, colonization of Africa, a, a lot of uh, African uh, countries they they speak spent, uh, French, and um, and even the the tongue uh, Swahili has some roots in French, and so we we learned French was part of our curriculum uh, in this school, and uh, we got a chance to learn about the tradition of Kwanzaa, and um, and so we didn't necessarily celebrate Christmas in the school. We celebrated Kwanzaa. Uh, which is in December, like that last week, and it's all about. Uh, it, it's uh, it's 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 almost like the Jewish tradition of Hanukkah, where you're lighting candles. Um, but it's something that I I kind of grew up celebrating uh, with family. We're lighting candles. We're drinking out of wooden bowls. You have these different. Uh, each day represents a, a different principle in life, or or a truth, or uh, something that uh, a value that is taught in Africa to the young people, to the families, to the villagers, whatever the case may be, uh, that are good values to live your life on unity and strength and, you know, all of these things. So uh, we, we learned a whole lot uh, about African-American culture and history that made us be proud to be black in a time when, when there's so much division and violence and things going on in the city that essentially were plots to destroy us and to destroy the community. And so, I don't know, tonight I just wanted to uh, do a quick little recording and just talk about some black inventions that I thought were cool. And um, stuff that I've learned, I grew up learning about that made me proud of who I was, made me proud of who I am. And so, I don't know, maybe you can jive with me, maybe you can't, but here we go. I'll give you a few of them uh, that, that uh, still make me smile. Uh, one of the biggest ones, the first one that I remember learning about as a kid was uh, George Washington Carver. And uh, Carver was known as the peanut man, if you will, because he had developed over a hundred something uses just for the peanut. Uh, he was a brilliant man 
and uh, later on in life, you know, with all of his inventions, he he actually ended up uh, being a researcher and a teacher, an educator, and one of the first, well, the first uh, black man to get his education in agricultural science. It's a very, very cool story uh, that he has, but, you know, I don't know about you, but I grew up loving me some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And when I was a kid, my mom always tells this story, and when I was a kid, she would send me to school with one peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I know that's unheard of today, right? Because you got so many schools and classrooms that are peanut free. Like my son has a peanut allergy and I think it's absolutely ridiculous that all of a sudden, you know, this this is an issue for people. Um but it, it's uh I, I what I what I what I remember her the story that she would tell is that uh, after school one day, I came back home and I was like, Mommy, I, I can't just do one, <laughs> one sandwich. I need two. So, uh, I don't know, it's something we always laugh about. And believe me, I got this gut to prove it. I can knock down some peanut butter and, uh, and jelly sandwiches. And it's always cool. But anyway... Another one that uh, we learned about was uh, a man named Elijah McCoy. He was another uh, inventor. And uh, he basically uh, invented uh, lubrications and lubricators um, that, that ended up revolutionizing steam engines. And so this was really big in the uh, railroad industry. I've got a buddy of mine who got his degree in chemical engineering and uh, he's a real cool guy, but he works for a company that does nothing but lubes and <laughs> get your mind out the gutter, by the way, uh, lubricants and cleaners. And it's all in chemical engineering. But the stuff that Elijah McCoy was doing, uh, it, it transcended the the uh, the industry it, it totally revolutionized the uh, the the railroad industry and um, and also for automobiles and any type of mechanization that needed lubrication to to keep the moving parts from seizing and to keep the you know the keep everything moving uh, it was so cool so many people tried to duplicate what he was doing and they couldn't do it. And so they were, you know, because if, if the lubricants aren't right, not only will metal parts that are moving together will seize, and this is me putting on my engineering hat and trying to explain this to people, but he, he invented it in such a way, he made it so special in such a way that if you didn't get the chemical compound uh, just right, you literally can start mechanical fires within engines and uh, trains or whatever it is that's that's moving, and so people kept trying to duplicate what they what he was doing, so that they could go somewhere else, you know, so that other people wouldn't have to go to a black man for this invention. 
but their parts were failing so much that the phrase was coined, I want the real McCoy. And I'm sure some of you have heard that before, that phrase, the real McCoy. Um, that's because of this guy right here. People couldn't duplicate what he was doing. Um, and as a result, um, they needed the real McCoy. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, let's see who else Let me look up some of this stuff. Uh, Lewis Latimer. It's another one that we, that we learned about. Whereas, you know, a lot of people are learning about Thomas Edison. Um, before Thomas Edison, there was a guy called Alexander Bell and Lewis Latimer uh, worked for Bell. And while he worked for Bell, he was doing experiments. He was a draftsman. He was doing experiments on how to better the electric light that um, Edison is attributed to inventing. And, and many of you may know the story when Thomas Edison was doing all of his experiments to see, you know, how he can get these different lights to work, these lights to work, the electric light to work effectively. But a lot of people don't realize that they didn't last long. Yeah, he, he invented a way to to get these lights to go to work, but they didn't last long because of the, the type of filament uh, that he was using. Well, Louis Latimer came along and he invented the carbon filament, which lasted longer and um, basically was a, a huge improvement on the electric light. And so I thought that was pretty cool. He was an engineer, inventor. Um, that kind of stuff is cool to me. Uh, let's see. Who's another one? Um, the Charles Drew. He's a physician and a medical researcher. And he's responsible for the founding of uh, blood banks. And so, <laughs> which is an amazing thing, right? Back in the, in the times of the First World War, Second World War, uh, having blood accessible for these different soldiers uh, was a huge bonus for their lives, to save their lives. I mean, and many of you know today, I, I mean, I've got so many friends that give blood on a regular base, basis and, and blood and platelets and all of that stuff. And they're much more bigger men, men than me because, frankly, I just can't do it. <laughs> so for all of my doctor friends out there that that know me well, I cannot. Uh, that's that's one thing that I draw the line on is giving drawing blood, giving blood unless I absolutely have to. Uh, there there is nothing worse for me in this world than a needle. <laughs> so much so that I've declared that if I'm ever to get a tattoo, which I don't have any now. If I'm ever to get a tattoo, it's going to have to make a statement. It'll be a tattoo of a needle <laughs> on my arm, facing my vein, because, uh, ah, decline. Because the fact is, dude, I'm so deathly afraid of needles. And then inside of the needle will have to be overcome your fears. So if you ever wondered, <laughs> we need to have a podcast about fears. I tell you, I... 
that's the one thing that freaks me out so much so that I I take the day off when I have to um when I have to give blood. I literally take the day off of work because uh I just can't do it. So doesn't work for me. Let's see. Um so Elijah McCoy, we talked about him. Oh yeah. Uh Garrett Morgan. He invented the gas mask. And um uh, which is obviously we all know what that is. The uh firemen use it every day, right? Uh SWAT teams, people in the that that have to and it's huge in the military. Uh, those who have to use a gas mask can thank Garrett Morgan for that. But then he also was the one who uh, invented the actual the the three light traffic signal. So there was someone else that invented the the two lights. So just imagine a world where it's just red and green, right? <laughs> There's no chance to slow down. And uh, as soon as it turns red and you're going through it, which a lot of us do anyway today, there's a lot of accidents that happen as a result of that. So uh, Garrett Morgan was the one who said, hey, how about we put one in the middle that slows down traffic and uh, and uh, causes a few less fatalities on the road. So I thought that that was pretty cool. Um. On top of that, he also invented the safety hood. So, uh, again, that was an invention for uh, firefighters, but it helped them to basically navigate through uh, smoky buildings. So, uh, which is basically what turned into later on that gas mask. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know. I think that's enough. I'm almost 20 minutes into this episode. Oh, I know what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about Jussie. Homeboy that uh, that basically he he's in the news today. He's been indicted. He's going to jail for a little while. Uh, but basically, he the story goes that he wanted a raise. He felt like he wasn't making enough money. I think he was up to, I don't know, thousands of dollars per episode. Um, a lot more than what most people make in a year, right? He's complaining that he doesn't have enough money, that he's not making enough money. And uh, we all know that in Hollywood, even bad publicity is still good publicity. And so... He devises a plan, and actually he's still denying this, by the way, but he devises a plan to have two big thugs jump him in the middle of the night wearing MAGA hats on the south side of Chicago. And um, and he, <laughs> what he does is he's coming back from a subway run, 2 a.m., First of all, I didn't know that Subway still serves sandwiches at 2 a.m. Second of all, it's supposed to be two thugs in 
the south side of Chicago, which I don't know if you've ever been to Chicago, but um, the south side of Chicago is not MAGA country. And then he supposedly beat up while they were yelling racial slurs and uh, homophobic slurs. So because he is also gay, not only is he black, he's gay. The problem is, is that where they staged this event, <laughs> they staged it around some cameras where they knew were in sight, where the cops would see it, or it would at least be on tape. But they were on the wrong side of the camera, so uh, it never got videotaped. And then there's this <laughs> whole thing of reporting it once he gets back to his apartment. Uh, apparently they put a noose around his neck and while he waited for the cops to show up he still had the noose around his neck he still had the sandwich in his hand that he did not eat first of all let me tell you this I don't know a person on this earth who after having something around their neck where someone is choking you and trying to end your life that you would keep that thing around your neck as evidence that they tried to kill you. I would think that you would be so traumatized from that event that you would never want to, you, you would want to get that thing off of your neck as fast as possible. Second of all, if you're that hungry at 2 a.m., bruh, eat. Come on, man. Eat the sandwich. <laughs> you don't need the sandwich in your hand as evidence. Eat the sandwich if you're hungry, bruh. And then there's this whole thing of a paper trail of how he actually paid these goons to beat him up. I don't know. It was so many people that said from the beginning, from the first second that they heard the story, that it was fake. And regardless if it's fake or, or not... Well, I should say, especially if it is fake, which I think it is. I think it's a bunch of hogwash. I just want to say this thing. I just want to say this one thing. It's the end of Black History Month. Black people already have it hard enough. And you have a platform where you could actually do some good and lift people up. But instead, you devise a plan that does nothing but tear people down. We, we, we're in the midst of this whole Me Too movement, right? Where basically we're, we, we, and don't mean any disrespect, but you got to believe a woman when she says that she's been, you know, raped, molested, whatever the case may be. We're going to. You're going to believe it, especially if you know the woman. You're going to believe it first before you believe the negative. And you'll question the character of the person or whatever the case may be, but you're going to lean towards believing that. I don't care who you are. Okay? We're Now we're in this society, in this culture, where we are being called upon to be more sensitive to those that are in the LGBTQ community. And I am. But let me just say this, that when you cry wolf, 
it's very, very hard to believe the next person. And so I'm saying that, you know, you got all this crap that happened against black people. Yes, it sucks. And I think that you're going to make it harder for people to actually believe when something really does happen to a black person that's in that's in Hollywood or that's famous or whatever the case may be. It's going to be harder to believe that person the next time because of this stupid shit that you just pulled. Uh. And then you got the same thing on the on the gay side. So because you're gay and you're throwing that out there as well, you're going to make it harder for the next person to believe that you were assaulted just because you were gay. Because you make other people look bad as if they're just going to make shit up. And then on top of that, you try to paint the picture as if this was a MAGA person, a person wearing a red hat, make America great again. Okay. And you have the, uh, you know, the nation is divided already. And this whole bipartisanship, this, this whole identity politics shit that's going on right now. You also have a negative effect on that. So now <laughs> when they do do something stupid, nobody's going to believe that or people will be less apt to believe it because now you're lying on them saying that they've done it. That's just my thoughts. You make it harder when you keep crying, when you cry wolf or you cry that the you chicken little. You say the sky is falling, the sky is falling. You get enough people doing that, people are less apt to believe you when something is for real. And I think at the end of the day, not only is this guy um, a coward and a liar, and probably deserves to be locked up at the end of this, um, albeit I'm sure it won't be for some long period of time, uh, but now we have to pick up the pieces as a community to be able to to be able to go on without any type of uh, it, it just looks bad is what I'm trying to say. It looks terrible. It sounds terrible. And if it was just a reflection upon that one person, then great, fine. But that's the problem. It's a reflection of the whole, and it always is. And I just want, you know, you're out there listening to that, just think about that for a second. The stupid shit that you do or that you allow, it doesn't just affect you. It affects the people that are closest to you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great to say that, you know, every man is accountable for his own actions. But the fact is, is that communities are made up of living organisms that affect one another, that feed off one another, that, that, uh, that help each other or hurt each other. And I, I just, you know, as we come into a close of this month, I, I, just, I just want the listeners out there, I, I want you to keep in mind that whether you think so or not, even from a Christian perspective, whether you think so or not, your lifestyle, the way you live, is a reflection of what you believe. The way that you live your life, the way that you think, it affects 
the things that you say. And the things that you say, it affects the things that you do. The things that you do, it, it affects your habits. It becomes habits. And those habits, they define your destiny. So, if I'll just leave you with those words. Be careful of what you think. Becomes what you say. Be careful of what you say. It becomes what you do. Be careful of you, what you do. It becomes a habit. Be careful of your habits. They become your destiny. Everything that you do doesn't just affect you. It affects everyone else in your community. It affects everyone else that is connected to you. And so I would hope that, you know, after listening to this podcast, that you would make a conscious decision and a choice to, to guard the things that you, that you think about and that you entertain. Guard your, your ears, guard your eyes. Like the, like the three little monkeys, right? See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Watch, watch your gates, your eyes, your mouth, your, your ears. It affects more than you know. And uh, that's it. I hope it means something to you, and I hope it makes sense to you. So, it's been my my uh, midweek rant, and uh, love to hear from you. And let me know, let us know what you think of these little midweek rants, and uh, we'll keep them going or shut them down. Doesn't matter. It's all good. We're having fun, having a conversation. We're gonna have it whether we record it or not. So, it's been real. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Peace. Hey everybody, it's Laurel, the self-appointed fan club president. You can visit Unchurched Podcast at unchurchedpodcast.wordpress.com or at unchurchedpod on Twitter and Instagram. See you there.